Hi, Stuart. Morning, Megan. How was your weekend? Uh, pretty good. I had a better experience, bad experience with my stomach on Wednesday last week skiing, but then on Friday it was fine. Okay. And I think it was, uh, well, it's, um, I kind of feel like it's the food I'm eating, not the environment, not the altitude. Like the altitude might be aggravating it, mm-hmm. but um, I'm wondering if I should try being a carnivore for a few weeks. Yeah. So what what are you eating before you ski? Uh, well, it's just, it appears that most vegetables don't work for me even when they're cooked. And I don't, you know, I mean, I could try some digestive enzymes or something to try and help, but I've tried some things in the past that didn't seem to make any difference. Yeah. And the only thing I ate this time for 24 hours in advance was meat and fruit and white rice. And, um, you know, that combination is, was way, way better. It might've been the best day of skiing as far as my gut goes, like ever. Oh, <laughs> wow. Know. That's great. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, you don't have to go full carnivore, but unless you want to, but carnivore, right. uh, meat, fruit, seafood, and, and, uh, you know, if you want it and, um, rice, I think is you know, you're, you're not getting any of the potentially problematic compounds in the vegetables, whether those are, whether it's certain types of fiber or oxalates or whatever, but, um, I think it's worth a try. Yeah. It's, it just, if I were to guess at this point, it's kind of like, and maybe it's something that could heal and change. I don't know, but it's, um, it seems to be that the more fibrous the vegetable, the worse the problem is. So like, Mm -hmm. The two softest greens, spinach and chard, especially the leaves and not the stems, seem to work okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really know. It's hard to tell. Um, I definitely eat bananas and apples. Berries may or may not be an issue. I can't really tell because I haven't separated them out well enough. Yeah. Um, you know, white rice seems to be a no-brainer. But, um, yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah. I've, I've seen it before and I don't have a great explanation why some people that vegetables just don't work. And sometimes it's a period of time for some people, they just don't feel like they want to add them back in for whatever reason. But, um, you know, you can certainly create a very nutrient dense diet with, you know, animal products and, um, and fruit. Yeah. And I, I'm already eating a fair amount of liver and heart. So I'm already doing some of that stuff. I really want to do more bone broth, um, you know, things like that. I definitely love seafood. I'm, you know, I'm not eating as, I'll have to experiment with it. I, oh, I don't seem to have any, the vegetables that are actually fruits, I always thought were a problem for me. But when I remove the vegetables that are vegetables, the vegetables that are fruits seem okay. Uh, like I mean, zucchini and squash. Well, I haven't really, like haven't really tried. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh-huh. things that have seeds, tomatoes in particular. Um, and I, again, some of this ends up being something slightly different, right? Like I eat ketchup on my burger every day, and I'm using Primal Kitchen ketchup, so it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty much vinegar and tomatoes and some herbs. It's there's no added sugar. As a matter of fact, when I eat regular ketchup, I go, "Oh my God, this is awful." It's really <laughs> sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're not used to it, when you're used to ketchup being just tomatoes and some vinegar, 
it's a, and it, which is, it's a, to me, it tastes really good. It tastes, mm-hmm. tastes almost, it tastes sweet to me anyways. Yeah. You know, it, it, I think of it as almost like adding something, you know, like candy to the top of my hamburger. <laughs> That's how I feel about their barbecue sauce. Primal Kitchen has a barbecue sauce and regular barbecue sauce is just, it's so like sickeningly sweet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So I've never tried their barbecue sauce. You like it? Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge barbecue sauce person, but if something needs barbecue sauce, it's, it's my go-to. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 Um, so if you end up trying to remove the, the problematic vegetables or, you know, the, the true vegetables, let's say, I'll be interested yeah. to see. Yeah. Or hear how yeah. It, it will be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah. I might just do it for a week and then maybe, like I said, it seems like charred leaves, particularly not the stems, but the leaves, mm-hmm. the leafy part. And I haven't really done spinach that much, but I would like to, you know, if it, it's one of those things that's been driven into my head for so long that you're supposed to eat your vegetables, right? That the idea yeah. of killing vegetables out of my diet is like, really, is this okay? Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. And, you know, if you, if you put all of your nutrients into something like chronometer, you can totally get away with, you know, no leafy greens in your diet and, and whatnot. But, you know, I think that there are some phytonutrients that you'll get in vegetables and leafy greens that aren't on a food label that are probably really important to health as well. So, um, or, or good for you. Right. So if you can consume some without having any digestive issues, I think it's probably better than not. Right. But it's, it also, if it causes digestive issues, if you're inflaming your gut, messing that up, then maybe it's not valuable. Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, I, they're just guessing. Yeah. I happened across a, a woman, I can't remember her name, who has been eating only red meat. That's the only thing she can eat and feel good. Um, and she'd been doing it for five years. Um, which doesn't sound like it would like she doesn't even eat organ meat. She doesn't like organ meat, mm-hmm. but she has so many other health problems that the way I looked at it when I it, and I can't remember who she is. She's on YouTube, and I you know it came up in my YouTube stuff. And I is it Am- Amber O'Hearn by chance? Yeah, it might be. Maybe okay. I think she was actually I mean, she on has the podcast major other back, problems, but... right? Yeah, you know she's and and part of what I thought about when I watched her stuff and she's the way the reason I got hooked by it was because she published a, a Ted talk that she did that Ted wouldn't publish. Oh. Um, and that of course always, I, those things are probably the biggest red flag for me is I kind of like watching Ted talks and when it's like, well, Ted wouldn't publish this. Why not? And in her lead into it, she goes, you know, I was really careful to follow all their guidelines. And then they said, no, they weren't going to publish it. But they wouldn't really tell her. They just said, you didn't follow our guidelines. And she said, that's bullshit. <laughs> Interesting. Did you watch you know, it? I mean, yeah, I watched Do it. You know, did you get an idea of why they, they wouldn't The only it? thing I can figure is that, um, you know, she's talking about a diet that's all meat, right? That's yeah. one. And clearly there's people in the world who think you should. I mean, there's a lot of people who have been. I don't know if brainwashed is the right word, but who believe that growing meat is bad for the environment. And I'm to the point where I don't really think that's the case. I think that, yeah, some of the way things we do growing meat are probably really bad. 
you know, but some of the things we do growing vegetables are really bad too. So <laughs> growing meat, like raising animals or. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You're not talking animals. about lab grown meat. No, no, I'm not talking about lab grown yeah. meat. I'm talking about growing animals sure. to have meat, you know, I mean, some of the methodologies, but monocrop farming isn't good for the world either. Yeah. You know, you know, the idea that one is better than the other, the way we have done it, you know, but if you're grazing animals the way that Sacred Cow think talks about it, right? The book Sacred Cow. Mm-hmm. You, have you read that book? Mm-hmm. Okay. I haven't read it. I'm bad because I've listened to um, I've listened to the authors talk about it enough to go. I don't even need to read it to agree with you. You don't need to read it now. Well, except for that I should read it so I have it. So I can, when I tell people they should read Sacred Cow, I can say I've read it. There you go. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how many people have the idea that meat, that you shouldn't eat meat because of, it's bad for the planet. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, there's so many examples of why that isn't true. Mm-hmm. So anyways. Yeah. Absolutely. So. <laughs> um, I just have one, one question here. So it'll be a quick well, I'll, I'll add a good one afterwards. Okay, great. And if you have any, I don't have much on this one, uh, much to say. So if you have any input, um, it's, it's definitely welcomed. <laughs> uh, okay, so let me share my screen. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. In addition to increasing the spread of resistant bacteria, what other risks of consuming meat, dairy, and eggs from animals or sorry, what are other risks of consuming meat, dairy, and eggs from animals that were given routine antibiotics? Is this a higher risk in some kind of products than others? So as far as I am aware, and I did a little bit of poking around on this, it's more of a public health concern with the potential for overuse and inappropriate use of antibiotics and livestock to contribute to antibiotic resistance bacteria specifically things uh, or bugs like Campylobacter and Salmonella, and those pathogenic bacteria can definitely infect humans and can cause quite serious illnesses. But when it comes to the actual antibiotics themselves, meat and animal products are tested for antibiotics, and any product that is found with any kind of residues from the antibiotics is not sold for human consumption. So as far as I know, it's not like humans end up ingesting some of the antibiotics that the animal was exposed to or anything like that. I suppose there could be some kind of unknown theoretical harm if the antibiotics disrupted the animal's microbiome and made it less healthy, and then the human was consuming a less healthy animal um, or animal product. But uh, that is pure speculation, and I could not find any evidence to support that that's a documented um, or even suggested issue. As for certain ana- animal products carrying a higher risk for antibiotic ex- exposure, I think that conventional poultry would probably be a bigger risk than cattle. Um I'm not super well versed in this area, but it seems to me that the solution is not to, you know, or to to not put animals into an environment where they would need prophylactic or inappropriate use of antibiotics um, in the first place and kind of just use the antibiotics sparingly and strategically, um, you know, when they're necessary. 
because sometimes they are necessary. Um, and you know, acute short-term use of antibiotics. I think, you know, there's even local, you know, really good farms that, that do that. Um, but it is like the question suggests, you know, the routine antibiotics, inappropriate use, prophylactic use. That is, I think, um, the problem when it comes to the, you know, resistant bacteria at least. Okay. So that's all I have. Stuart, any comments on that? I'd love to hear them. Um, otherwise, do you have your other question? Go ahead. Um, well, comment on this. Um, one of the things that I think I understand about giving livestock, particularly cattle, probably um, antibiotics is that low dose antibiotics improves the growth rate. And so they aren't doing it prophylactically so much as they're doing it systemically. Mm. Um, that's, I, I don't know where I am. You know, I can't quote a source for knowing that. And I, I, you know, I don't even at this remember where I read it, but I'm, I'm pretty certain that that was a, that I read it more than one place. And it was a, it was something that was being discussed. Maybe it was even on a podcast, but it was in the, in the line of if low dose antibiotics given to cattle improves how fast they grow, how, how fast they get big. Um, because that's really one of the top things that cattle producers who are not grass feeding their cattle are doing is they're saying, well, what can we do to make them big and fat quick? Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. And grain is one of the things they do for that. And antibiotics end up being used with cattle that eat grain more often because the grain makes them sick. Um, the environmental, other environmental issue that I think I know I've heard is that and this probably might have more to do with grain fed than it has to do with antibiotics, but that when you, if you have a grass fed cow, their microbiome doesn't include either very much of, or predominantly the E. coli that's bad for us. Mm. And if they're grain fed, that that changes. And that's where you get, you know, when you have problems where you get, say a spinach contamination with E. coli, right? Somebody gets sick and that's because it's getting affluent from a cattle ranch or a cattle feedlot that the problem is really and and again i unfortunately i don't like have haven't done written down and and know where i source this so i i don't want to say this is accurate 100 percent or anything it's just for some reason i got this idea through my reading was that that the uh, you know the feces the the cow manure that comes from feedlots if it's not properly treated, could have this E. coli in it that's bad for us, but that it's much less likely to have that problem that comes from grass-fed cows. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's yeah. it sort of sounds it's like something sounds good to me. I like it. <laughs> it, it makes sense. Um, there is, I did a little bit of, of just a quick search we were talking and it does, it does seem like antibiotics um, are effective at basically improving the, the growth rate of not only cattle, but uh, cattle, but pigs and, and poultry as well. Um, yep. you know, so now what the negative effects of that would be, um, for human health, well, I, I don't know, but yeah, I don't it, like the sound of it, you know? Yeah. I don't like the sound of it either. And, you know, like I said, one of my favorite farmers is that I see at the farmer's market here is the guy who has pictures of his pigs in the forest between the Willamette Valley in the coast, in, in the coast, in the coast range up in the forest and his cows too. 
you know, they're just eating brush and grass and stuff. And <laughs> as they should, as they should. Yeah. That's kind of what I think. So my question is, um, and this is about my father who recently had sepsis or septic, uh, a blood infection, sepsis. Is that sepsis? Is that the right word? Mm -hmm. Sepsis. Mm -hmm. um, so he's going to be on Cipro for 20 days. And so far, he doesn't really seem to be having any negative gut reaction to it. So maybe afterwards, if he doesn't, no intervention is appropriate or no additional. But it, it, do you have any thoughts about post-antibiotic post things you can do to get your gut back to where it should be? What are your suggestions? Yeah. Um, and you can do this during and after or just after. But typically what I recommend would be Saccharomyces boulardii a probiotic, um, and then also probably tributerin. And yeah. Yeah, I and, you know, th that, that depends on how bad the symptoms are, but I would probably say, you know, around a month or, or so of those after, um, okay. is pretty good. There, there is some kind of speculation that doing high doses of certain strains of like lactobacillus species, uh, through probiotics after antibiotic use might be bad for the gut and kind of like cause it to not bounce back uh, the, the microbiome that is um, as mm -hmm. far as diversity is concerned. So I would go with Saccharomyces boulardii, uh, tributerin, and then, you know, trying to get as much kind of diversity when it comes to plants, fruits, and vegetables um, as possible just to kind of facilitate, um, you know, the, the growth of, of beneficial bacteria. I don't know if my dad is and if likely. If the diet to... isn't gonna isn't gonna <laughs> but, happen, then, then yeah, but, go the other route. But yeah, it was interesting because I had already come up with tributyrin as one of the things because I'd read um, Lucy Mailing, I think, suggested that as one of the things. And could you take tributyrin? You could. You're saying you could take both of them while you're taking the antibiotic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I would. No I would probably leave it that he should talk to his doctor before he did either one while he's taking it. Um, cause I don't want to get in the middle of that. <laughs> yeah. But afterward, no, no yeah. problem. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That was, I hadn't thought of the, of the Saccharomyces polarity, but I definitely thought of the tributerin based on what Lucy mailing I'd read one of the things that she said, talking about that. Yeah. And it made sense, right? If you're, if you change your, if you're, if you wipe out stuff and you make it, so you have a less anaerobic a more of a leaky gut that's causing it to be an aerobic environment that the tributerin might be able to solve that problem even while you're taking the antibiotics right might be able to prevent it from ever occurring yeah yeah absolutely and and supplemental butyrate you know it it won't only help with you know repleting butyrate but then it also seems to kind of have this feedback mechanism for feeding the butyrate producers and and helping them almost like grow in population therefore okay. you know if you take it for a long enough duration, you know, you might be naturally, you know, supporting butyrate production through that mechanism as well. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. That taking butyrate doesn't seem to, there's no evidence that it suppresses the production of butyrate by your microbiome. If anything, it, might it might do the it. opposite. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's not a ton of, of evidence on that, but there is, there is some. So. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just about to shift from taking, um, glucose control from pendulum twice a day to taking it once a day and taking acromat, uh, acro, what is it? 
the other one can vote. Yeah, yeah, necromancia, mancia once a day. So oh. one and one, just to see what happens. Yeah, and trying to save some money. <laughs> but also, I'm kind of. It's funny because if I cut out the vegetables from my diet, I'm not sure that. It's interesting. I just don't know what difference those make. Those other things make for so. for butyrate or or just no oh, for just me just for my for, gut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whether or not the probiotics I'm taking are are useful or necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, real quick. So I don't know if. I don't know if the um, cost is any better, but Wellabate now has pendulum glucose control and acromantia. So you might, yeah, you might see what the price you're paying is versus their price with our discount. Um, Okay. Yeah, they have the glucose control and then pendulums. Hang on a second. Yeah, the last time I did it, I managed to figure out that they had some special going on. Mm-hmm. Pendulum did. And if I killed my subscription and went in and restarted that I got the special, if I didn't oh, kill nice. it, I didn't get the special. And so I bought, you know, I bought two bottles of each. So it got me four months worth of stuff. So at right. a pretty good price, it seemed like. Yeah. But yeah, I'll look at Wellevate because that's. Yeah, um, look there. I'm not seeing acromancia there yet but i think that it, it might show up sometime soon but the glucose control oh, is definitely there okay cool yeah. well that's useful yeah can, it's a, I mean, it's the a acromancia is the acromancia is a much cheaper one anyways so yeah. um yeah and it's i mean the other thing i find interesting about the way i'm eating now is just i always got the idea that the fact when I used to be eating very low carb, that that was part of why I could fast easily. But I, I haven't had any problem. You know, I'm not eating hot. I don't think I'm eating high carb. You know, I'm eating a. Actually, I, I, I had gained some weight, so I the main thing I changed to try and stop that from continuing was to um, cut back some on how much rice I'm eating. And since I'm a. a it's probably the only place that I'm like this, but I'm, I'm, um, what's the right word? Uh, I'm just a, a dedicated user of a gram scale when I measure, when I make my food. Mm-hmm. So like, I know probably more than most people. I don't weigh my fruit, I guess, but I weigh my rice and I weigh my burger that I make. And I weigh, I, you know, I don't always worry about meat. Like if I make a, if I buy a piece of meat and it's more meat than I want it, than I think is necessary. I just eat the whole piece anyways, figuring that extra protein is not a problem. So, and a little bit extra fat isn't going to be a problem for me. So Mm -hmm. anyways, but yeah, I was really surprised, not necessarily surprised, but really happy on Friday because it's not uncommon for me to start skiing and have my gut not very happy right, right away. And, and it got really bad the first two times, which is probably some of that's adaption. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I've got both things going on, right? I just skied three times in a week. And on the third time I was better than the first time. So how much of that was because I cut something out? Well, I think overall I feel better because I cut out something, but my, I actually had 
I think of when I say gut, I'm often talking about problems that I think are in my bowels. Mm -hmm. And I haven't had like stomach, when I think of stomach issues, I think of heartburn or, or I don't know if it's acid reflux, but just pain that's really high up in my chest. Right. And I had pain after the second, first and second day of skiing up in my chest, which was really unusual. Interesting. And then, and the second day it might've just been, I was like, oh crap, if it's really this screwed up and I can't, it's making it nasty for me to ski. What am I going to do? I like to ski, <laughs> but like I said, changing what food I ate, I just like, I can do anything for a few days. Won't hurt me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you essentially found something that that's going to be beneficial. So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things where it's like, I, like I said, it's really hard for my brain to go, yeah, I'm going to cut out broccoli, which is supposed to be so good for you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it would be hard for me too, but if it's not working for you, it's not working for you, you know? Well, it's definitely, you know, I, I still haven't gotten to where I think things are perfect at all, but better. So I might try at some point just eating meat for a week just to see what happens or two. Um, because it would be interesting. And I've even, I have heard stories of people who do that sort of acts as a reset and they go back and add stuff in and they're better. Mm -hmm. So. Yep. I've used kind of short-term pure carnivore for that purpose as well. Yeah. yeah. As a way to sort of go, okay, whatever's going on, let's get rid of it. And then let's start over. Mm -hmm. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. We got a ton of snow here. Did you? Nice. I mean, up in the mountain. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're probably twice normal average snowfall for this point. Oh, wow. Year. That's great. Our, our snow seems to be pretty good too. Yeah. I know okay. that I don't, I don't pay attention to Colorado, but I pay attention to Utah because I have skied at Snowbird. Historically in my life, I've skied at Snowbird a fair amount. So I'm on their mailing list. <laughs> Can't be on too many people's mailing list though. Drive no. me crazy. No, that's, that's right. All right. I think that's it. Okay. Well, thanks for the good question. Um, and uh, I hope you have a good rest of your day. Yeah, you too. All Thank right. you. Okay. Bye, Stuart. Bye-bye.